This podcast is sponsored by the Mortgage Guidance Group and Nova Home Loans. If you enjoyed this podcast, keep listening or head over to lifealongthestreetcar.org for all of our past episodes, current events, and things to do while visiting Tucson. Tom Heath, NMLS number 182420. Nova, NMLS number 3087. VK number 0902429. Equal housing opportunity. morning. It's a beautiful sun in the old Pueblo, and you're listening to KTDT Tucson. Thank you for spending a part of your brunch hour with us on your downtown Tucson community-sponsored rock and roll radio station. On this week's show, we've got Rick Joy. He's the principal of Studio Rick Joy, which is a world-renowned architecture firm operating right here out of downtown Tucson. We're going to find out how Rick came to Tucson, why he has stayed in Tucson, and how that has impacted architecture across the globe. Well, today is August 29th. My name is Tom Heath, and you're listening to Life Along the Streetcar. Each and every Sunday, our focus is on social, cultural, and economic impacts in Tucson's urban core, and we shed light on hidden gems everyone should know about. From A-Mountain to U-Arizona and all stops in between, you get the inside track right here on 99.1 FM, streaming on downtownradio.org. Also available on your iPhone or Android. Just head over to your app store and get the Downtown Radio Tucson app. If you want to hear, uh, get a hold of us here on the show, it's contact at lifealongthestreetcar.org. We're on social media through Facebook and Instagram. Our website is lifealongthestreetcar.org, and our podcast is available just about anywhere you're going to find those. You can simply ask your smart speaker to play Life Along the Streetcar podcast. Well, as I mentioned, it's August 29th, which means it's our last show here in the month of August. And if I've done my math correctly, that means that the next show will be in the month of September. And September usually brings a little cooler weather to the old Pueblo. People start going outside again, venturing into the uh, Great outdoors, and if you are heading out, suggestion that you check out the Presidio Museum and some of the activities that they have. We've had uh, the team here on the show here a couple of times, and one of the things that they do is the uh, Turquoise Trail. That's that line you see painted on the sidewalk through downtown that takes you by significant cultural and historically important places and uh, talk about the importance of the time periods. It is all done through the Presidio Museum. Now, this tour is absolutely free. You can pick up a brochure and take that two-and-a-half-mile hike yourself, or you can have it guided for a cost. If you want one of the expert guides with you, then uh, they'll charge you a little bit. I'm sure it supports the museum. And if you think you're smart enough to uh, skip that guide, uh, maybe you want to become a guide yourself. You can uh, also take a docent and interpreter class at the Presidio Museum. And uh, those are designed for people that are going to ultimately volunteer, but you don't have to. You could take the class and just learn cool things about 
the early history of uh, the Tucson Basin area and uh, how we have grown over time to become the city that we are. And today's featured guest is Rick Joy. Uh, He is part of the reason I think Tucson is probably the city that we are. He is a prolific architect. Uh, He's got works all over the globe, residential and commercial projects. You'll find him featured in magazines, newspapers. Again, just prolific designer. Uh, Not originally from Tucson, but he did move here to go to the University of Arizona. He has stayed and operates this worldwide uh, architecture firm right out of the barrio. We had a chance to speak with him by phone uh, just a few days ago and wanted to get a, a little bit of an insight into his world. Well, um, you know, real briefly, it's a, a coming to Tucson had to do with going to the University of Arizona architecture program. Other uh, drummer, uh, music, musician, uh, highest level in New England, Boston, New York, and places. And I just, I didn't see myself aging very well. So I decided on architecture, which was on my mind all through my youth. And I just said, I got to go as far away from New England as possible if I want to do this right. And the U of A was so good. Um, I chose it. You know, back then it was catalogs that you get in the mail, not internet and all that kind of stuff, obviously. And then uh, it had a picture of a saguaro and a sunset on the cover of the U of A catalog. And I just said, I'm going there. <laughs> and I drove out and didn't tell anybody I could play drums like I could. And just fell in love with architecture and decided to stay. And then, uh, of course, the, the richest architecture and, and historical, cultural uh, building work is in this Barrio Viejo. And um, rented from Don Rawling for a few years in a little space over by Cushing Street. And then I got a client to do the convent studios. Um, and uh, there, you can see them if you walk down convent on the east side of the street, there's... Uh, what appeared to be windows, but when you get closer, there's some bars and open courtyards behind. And uh, it's um, and then random buildings throughout. And I just uh, didn't feel comfortable and intuitively didn't want to just disturb or even touch the precious historic stuff with anything new. Mm-hmm. And faking or you know falsifying history just goes against my brain in general. Mm-hmm. And so we made a clear distinction. And between old and new, and built that project, and it, it globally it went great. The magazines, and books, and lectures around the world, and organizations like Frater and France invited me to join, and I'm just like it. It, it took off. Yeah. Was- so since then, we've done a number of them around Tucson, but then, you know, because so many people around the world know about us now that we we don't have any work in Tucson, and uh, as much as I would love to, and I see all these new buildings going up constantly around downtown when I walk to work. I live over by Time Market, and it just you see all these new buildings and stuff, and I didn't get a single call. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's like, okay, well, yeah. you know, that, uh, it feels a little bit more like San Diego than Tucson um, right now with some of the new stuff downtown. But um, I think, uh, you know, having a home base like I have here in Tucson and um, – seeing what's really happening with this streetcar and what's ignited in terms of development and, and all downtown is just a thrill. Um, thrill to see. And there's so many people on the streets walking and taking a streetcar now uh, compared to, say, 10 years ago. And I moved here in 85 compared to that. It's, it's like night and day. 
Yeah, it's, it's been quite, quite a difference. And I mean, I think that's the success story the university always looks for is to attract talent from other parts of the country, lure them here for an education and then trap them and keep them here for, our, for whatever reason might, might be uh, important to them. And I think the reason why you might not be getting calls is, you know, it's, it might be intimidating. If someone goes to your, to your website and looks at your, your portfolio and then you see, you know, the, the media with, you know, New York Times, Vanity Fair, international magazines. I mean, everyone is just in love with the work that you're doing. Well, and we're able to have fun and attract uh, architects, uh, young folks from around the world. I think currently we have uh, like 15 people and at least seven of us from another country. We've had over 100 people over the last 30 years come from other countries that live here and, and some have stayed here from Portugal. And you think, well, geez, do I go back to Portugal and try to do that? Or do I stay here? I see all this opportunity. And so it's um, kind of a, it's a fun cultural bridge that I've been able to build. Yeah, I can only imagine, on with only imagine um, the, the talent that's flown there through the last 30 years. When, when, when projects come up, I would imagine that there, you get requests all the time. How do you, I mean, what, what draws you to a specific project? How do you accept something? Because I'm sure you can't do everything that comes your way. You know, if there's a spirit and, um, but when somebody calls like, you know, the president of Princeton and says, we want to put you on our shortlist for our new uh, hall. I listen, you know, and, um, we've had some amazing clients in Tucson over the years. In fact, uh, just this week, I've been back in touch with two of my oldest clients, the house in Quebec and the, the Catalina house in the nineties and, um, just getting together again and reminiscing about what it took. 20 years ago, 22 years ago, to build their houses and how much they've changed. Um, but, you know, this, this spirit is what I look for, you know, in uh, energy and wanting to do something really, really special and meaningful. I would imagine every project then has that satisfaction, but is there anything, you know, looking at the body of work on your website, again, it's just amazing. Is there anything that stands out as being one or two projects that were sort of like they turned out different than you expected or they just really exceeded your expectations? Well, a lot of them exceed my expectations and my clients' expectations because, you know, usually I think if you want to do a resort hotel in Utah, you try to find an architect who's done a bunch of resort hotels. We keep trying for stuff like fire stations in Tucson. They say, well, we can't hire you. You've never done a fire station. But we did that hotel in Utah, Amangiri, Funding that's number one in different categories for eight years in a row, hmm. globally. And so we'd never done a hotel before. And the same thing with the Princeton um, Transit Hall. And we did five buildings at the entry gate way to Princeton. And um, it's people getting married in our train station. It's more like hmm. a chapel than a train. Like fun. So that's exceeded <laughs> my expectations for sure. And then just some of the houses. I mean, people... We've done so many, and uh, only two have sold to other people. Um, and the new clients come in, and they're thrilled, and it's fun. But I've, I've just got this super great longevity with my clients that I just go all out. Yeah, so you, special you, form. you were saying that the houses that you designed, like in the '90s, those are you're reminiscing with them. They're still they still own and live in those homes. Yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, and yep. this, this day and age, people don't uh, they don't stay in homes that that long. So there's there's something that spirit is capturing them for sure. Well, I mean, uh, Mr. Palmer lives in you know, 510 tons of rambler, 
and evaporatively cooled out. And, um, you know, it's been there for a long time. And, uh, and, uh, you know, it goes to Colorado in August, like right now, and it's too humid for evaporative cooling. Mm-hmm. And the rest of it is 25 bucks. So, and then I got uh, the Tucson Mountain House. If you see that, one thing that people don't know is that Kevin, the owner, has he's approaching 20 years of living 100% off the grid, including water. Wow. The, the roof there is shaped that way to harvest water. And, uh, and then we run it through UV and bunch of different kinds of filters and make healthy for 19 years and all solar and. The house is sitting there. I mean, we just... Oh, no, wait, I still have to pay the impact fee. <laughs> 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 we build something like that, and uh, it's a yeah, Development services still gets the money, even if they don't need to uh, send out those services, huh? <laughs> I know, I know. That's, uh, that's always... It, it, yeah, so a couple of questions, and then that comes into, you know, we just article in the paper, you know, about CAP water... And, um, you know, challenges with, you know, Arizona having to potentially take less of that. Is that, is that a big feature of your designs is how to incorporate this environmentally friendly and sustainable, um, uh, practices into each and every project? Well, yeah, every project we try to do as much as we can. Um, we have a project in Sedona, which is going to be a lot of solar and a lot of water harvesting. And, um, and then another one in Greer. Where we're, I just was in a meeting now with my team, um, just trying to ensure that we take very seriously the possibility of wildfires. Mm-hmm. And so, um, we're going to do water harvesting and tanks, and, um, we might even do the, that Japanese shishogi bond burned wood because it gets fire very easily. Exciting. And, um, you know, we, we, we generally pay attention to that kind of stuff anyway. Um, the house that you see on our website called the Napa Treehouse is um, for Francis and Eleanor Coppola. And they had a wildfire come four or five years ago to within 500 yards of the house. And I called my engineer, Mike Harris here from Tucson, and uh, said, man, it's coming close to the house. What do we do? It's a parapet. It's concrete, but that roof is combustible. I said, can we put water on the roof? He said, yeah, put as much as you want. So I called back to Francis in the, uh, the ground, um, and I said, go up and get some big balloons and plug up the roof drains and put water on the roof up to uh, one inch below the first splashing joint. And they did it. And uh, a few weeks later, they went back and put members floating in the Let it all out. Fortunately, nothing leaked. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to. Head in my bed for that. Yeah, I'm looking at I'm looking, um, at, I'm looking at the website, and that is, I mean, that's just nestled right in among that. I mean, I could see a fire very easily, kind of getting up into that area. Yeah, and you know that one's 100 percent off the grid as well. Um, there's a little spring that uh, goes by the house, a little water pipe uh, from the spring for the vineyard down below, and we just tapped into that for water, and um, it's fully solar with tractors and everything, and. It's been there for, I don't know, what, 15 years, just not using any energy. Hey, we'll be back to this interview with Rick Joy in just a moment. 
Uh, but first, I want to remind you that you are listening to Life Along the Streetcar on Downtown Radio, 99.1 FM, and available for streaming on downtownradio.org. This podcast is sponsored by the Mortgage Guidance Group and Nova Home Loans. If you enjoyed this podcast, keep listening or head over to lifealongthestreetcar.org for all of our past episodes, current events, and things to do while visiting Tucson. Tom Heath, NMLS number 182420. Nova, NMLS number 3087. VK number 0902429. Equal housing opportunity. Well, let's get back to uh, Rick Joy. He's the principal of Studio Rick Joy. And uh, he is a uh, Tucson treasurer operating right out of the barrio down here. And as we talked about at the beginning, you'll, you'll see his works featured in magazines and newspapers across the globe. And uh, had a really good chance to get some insight into his business and uh, how he is impacting that architecture scene. You know, te- techniques, I, I don't know much about architectures and, and buildings, so bear with me here if I'm a, a little bit naive. But I know when I first got to Tucson in the 90s, there was a lot of talk about what you said earlier, which was rammed earth. But I'm not hearing much about that anymore. Is that Was that uh, a style that is fading out, or is it just so incorporated that we don't even think of it not as so much a different? style? It's just that the, um, the building industry just isn't, you know, keeping up with it and able to just do it. Okay. Um, have some philosophies about what happens and all, but I think it has to do with labor and, and uh, the fact that you know our world has just become so litigious uh-huh. that even the smallest little crack becomes a problem for the new generations. And you know, adobe and render concrete, everything's all cracked a little bit because it's monolithic, and so you just have to live with that. Um, and I try to tell my my clients what we did them for that you know you're going to get wrinkles at some point. Your building's going to get wrinkles, too. Hmm. And so we're all growing up together. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess... So, it, yeah, I'm, I'm a little disappointed in it because I just... I, I love the material and the fact that, you know, you can build a building like my office on Rubio. Um, all the walls and foundations back in 98 or something was like 60 grand. The ran dirt, the dirt for the walls is 3,000. And you can still get that. It's a little farther away. Some of the businesses are going out of business, but you know, it's still doable. It's just that the people are too nervous about anything that cracks and weathers and ages and all that. Yeah, it, it, it sounds very good. But then I guess over time, if you're not ready for cement, you want everyone's perfection. If you're not ready for a little imperfection, then you get dismayed when you see it, maybe. Right. Yeah. I think that's the same thing that yeah, for, it's, it's, for it's, a wrinkle. It's an interesting topic because, you know, we all, when we travel, we go to a place like Mumbai or even London or New York, and you see the imperfections on the sidewalks, and you think that's beautiful, right? But then at your own home, <laughs> you don't want to have that. And so I, uh, I try to incorporate planned imperfections in all of them. If you look at our first book, uh, uh, Desert Works, Victoria Desert Works, you'll see on the cover and a perfect example because I, you know, I studied Lucan and and all the perfect building architects doing everything just with, with incredible precision. But when I was doing that wall that's on the cover, you can see it's called Catalina House, and it's a 
very moody, very dark um, image with this uh, skylight um, like grazing the wall. And I just said, no, this is Tucson. We're all cowboys out here. We don't need to get all perfect on this. Mm-hmm. Let's let it happen the way it should. And it's just people go crazy over this stuff. I think um, rightfully it's just beautiful, beautifully imperfect. Right, and, and you said it's in your in your book. You've 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 got is it books about your architecture that you've got published? Oh yeah, you know we've had a we've had a lot. Oh wow, okay. <laughs> it's uh, two two monographs, um, but um, and you know the challenge on those is all the writing I have to do, which takes me forever. They don't teach you writing in architecture. <laughs> so um, you know, in the work, it's like it is. The, the good work comes out when you can't take anything away or add anything, and it's just done. Um, and I do the same with writing. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we get the words right, and it takes a while. Okay, so I, I will be on the lookout. But, you know, for, for it's, um, it's uh, the, this whole thing about downtown and the place and all, I just find it so um, rewarding that it all happened. I mean, I know we were kind of on the borderline of the demographic and all that for the streetcar, but we got pulled off. And I was miserable, around, you know, for two years. But now it's glorious to see this super modern blue thing driving through Tucson. It's awesome. And it has certainly changed since you know 2010. After that, that great recession, things have really uh, sort of shifted here in downtown, and, and a lot happening. And you know, and I don't want to get too much on this because we are running low on time. But you've mentioned it, and I've heard this from others that. There is concern that our development isn't staying true to our our heritage. That we do seem to be developing like other places uh, have developed, you know, style stylistically. Is there a fix for that? Is it just getting local firms involved, or or, or is it is it? Well, I just think um, you know, educating clients, people who want to do that kind of development, and um, I mean, generally, uh, I personally was going to build a you know, ten-story housing project in downtown Tucson and start thinking about Tucson first. You know, just the development world is just so short-sighted um, in most places. Um, and it's just how much you're going to make in the first five years, and that's it. Whereas, you know, when they built the Pioneer Hotel, that, that baby's still sitting there and it still looks great. Wells Fargo, Chase Bank, uh, those things are heritage buildings in Tucson, and I just don't see some of the yeah, those buildings. But I still go to. I have no problem going over to the Mesquite Grill and get some tacos over here at the at the new hotel by the Civic Center. I've been to the DoubleTree, and I, I, I'm very impressed with that restaurant. Uh, very impressed with the quality of food they put out there. And that is just yeah. just just uh, around. Uh, around where you are. It's, it's amazing to see all this happening out of the barrio. I, I, I invite people to check out your website and, and I'll look for your books, but just your, the projects page on your website is in, in and of itself just a, it's a easily a day's just sort of journey through different styles across the country. And you can see, you know, Tucson influences and, and others. I think it's just fantastic. Well, uh, Rick Joy. Yeah. I mean, if you're in uh, uh, business development and all that, is uh, you're, your job and interest and uh, just bring some of your folks over and I'll give you a tour of what we've got going on. Oh, fantastic. And, uh, it's pretty fun to walk through. I mean, we have seven buildings. Yeah, all the way from uh, Rubio Alley, there's a string of little Lambert casitas that call, used to be called the Convent Studios. They would live where artist spaces and we eventually got to buy those to sit in some clients. 
And then we bought another house across Cushing, across um, Convent. Uh, you'll see it, it's white on white with sandblasted translucent glass windows. That's where we do all our writing design and interiors. We do a lot. We just did a one and only resort in Mexico. Hmm. The 178 standalone buildings. Oh my goodness gracious. And all, everything from the Moscow glasses to the chase lounges to the buildings to the curbs and drainage, polo fields. That we designed everything in the ocean. As someone who moved from the Midwest in the 90s, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm very fortunate and grateful that the University of Arizona had a nice catalog for you to explore and get you out from uh, New England out to Tucson because you're doing amazing things. It's one of the best programs in the country by far. And one of the big thrills is that my cousin, the only person in my family other than me that went to college even for a day, um, is a tenured professor over there starting in August. Oh, wow. Uh, starting next week. Uh, in architecture, leading the design build program. Uh, I was at UNLV for 10 years, and I was here. And, he might and, have my, and he's going to be teaching my son, who's in fourth year architecture. <laughs> so, we are a, a full um, full business architecture firm. And we do 401 ks We do four months paid maternity leave. Um, get all the insurances, and, and uh, it's a real business, and we're generally more than, well more than 50% female. And uh, it's just our mantra to just do that, all that stuff. We're looking for the right people to come in, and it would be a great place to, to really get a, a good grasp of, of, of bringing in that, that spirit, that, that feeling of architecture beyond just the, the bricks and mortar, but the, uh, the actual spirit of what you're creating. Really enjoying ourselves here. Well, Rick Joy, the, the principal of the uh, studio, Rick Joy, very prolific, prolific amount of work, and I appreciate you. I know I can only imagine how busy you are, so I really appreciate you taking the time. Oh, it was good. Thanks, right. Tom. Thank you, sir. Enjoy the rest of your day, and I uh, again, appreciate your time. Hey, I've got a tip for you. Start a podcast, start a radio show, and uh, you get to meet really cool people uh, and talk about amazing projects. I just, I'm fascinated that uh, Rick Joy, operating out of here in Tucson, impacting the globe. And uh, he took some time to, to chat with us. Well, my name is Tom Heath, and you're listening to Life Along the Streetcar and Downtown Radio, 99.1 FM, and available for streaming at downtownradio.org. This podcast is sponsored by the Mortgage Guidance Group and Nova Home Loans. If you enjoyed this podcast, keep listening or head over to lifealongthestreetcar.org for all of our past episodes, current events, and things to do while visiting Tucson. Tom Heath, NMLS number 182420. Nova, NMLS number 3087. BK number 0902429. Equal housing opportunity. Well, that's going to do it for our episode today, number 166. Uh, next week, we've got another great show. Check out all of our past ones there on lifealongthestreetcar.org. And don't hesitate to hit that contact button and share a story or two of your own that you'd like us to, to look at. Well, let's uh, leave you with a little music today from The Decemberist from a 2002 album called Castaway and Cutouts. You're listening to Here I Dreamt I Was an Architect. Here I dreamt I was a soldier the streets of Burkina